Welcome to Journey Church Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Here at Journey, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend's worship experience. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. We hope you enjoy the message. I am a mom of four girls, and I've often been referred to as a crunchy mom. Raise your hand if you've heard the term crunchy mom. Okay, like one person back there. Okay, let me explain it to you. A crunchy mom is basically a hippie mom, is what that means, all right? You do breastfeeding, baby wearing, you use essential oils, you play outside. It's the moms you see on Instagram who have their kids running around in the mud in bare feet, okay? So now you all know what a crunchy mom is. They normally also eat like organic food and maybe they're vegan or vegetarian. And I would consider myself vegan for the most part. But let me explain a little bit more. I've made my own phrase, I call it realistic vegan, okay? So I'm a realistic vegan. And what that means is I eat vegan unless there's pizza, okay? (laughs) So for the most part, I eat vegan, or if my grandmother, my grandma's actually here today. Hi, grandma, I love you. Unless my grandma's making her like famous chocolate chip cookies or a cheese ball that she makes, it's like literally a ball of cheese rolled in nuts, I don't even know what it is, but it's so good. So I'm not vegan when she brings that. But my whole journey of veganism or vegetarianism started actually when I was 13 years old. And when I was 13, I had a friend show me a video of somebody testing on animals. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those videos, don't Google it, it's really bad. And that's when I started this journey and I did not want to eat animals any longer. And back then I wish I would have had the confidence to be able to say that I was a realistic vegetarian because I was a vegetarian except on Tuesdays, because Tuesday was wing night. So (laughs) I had a cousin, I had a cousin, and my cousin, he loved to pull jokes on me. He would do practical jokes all the time. He was a couple years younger than me, and one time I was at his house, and one of the things that I would never budge on with my realistic vegetarian veganism or whatever you want to call it was, I didn't want to eat red meat. That was just like, that was like too far for me. And so he would pull all these pranks on me, and one of the pranks that he pulled on me um, was really not fun. So I get to his house, and he's like, Jenny, I made you these blueberry muffins. And I was like, oh, how delicious. I should have known immediately. When the person that pranks you all the time tries to feed you something, don't eat it. So I took a big old bite into this muffin, and inside of it was ground beef. Yes, it was so gross. I'm sorry, everybody. It was really disgusting. It was so gross. But what was on the inside of that muffin, it really mattered. If I was identifying as a vegetarian or a vegan, meat on the middle made a difference, right? So that leads me to the title of my message today, which is the inside job. What's on the inside matters. Now, what's on the inside, our identity, it defines us. It says who we are, it it determines what we choose to do, our impulses. It can even determine our actions, like our addictions. It can even determine our joy. And in society today, I feel like there's this massive quest for us to like figure out who we are. I'm sure you've heard it before, like, who am I? Discover your purpose, discover who you're called to be. And I think it's, I wish it was as easy as looking at a blueberry muffin and seeing what's inside. 
Wouldn't it be great if our identity was as easy as looking inside a blueberry muffin? Or maybe even just looking at a picture of yourself and knowing which one you are in that picture. So identifying yourself. Let me give you some life lesson right now. If you hear somebody say, identify yourself, what are you gonna do? You're gonna freeze, okay? So remember that, if you hear that, you freeze. And the next thing you're gonna do is you're probably gonna pull out your driver's license or tell them what your name is. And on your driver's license, it says, what does it say? Your name, maybe your height and weight, your address, a couple physical features if you wear glasses. But is that really enough? Is that really enough for us to define who we truly are? Or is it more about what's on the inside? So let's go to the word. We're gonna go to Paul. And I love Paul, he's got so much good stuff for, her, for us. His life is absolutely amazing. And we're gonna talk about him in just a minute, but basically he's the guy that wrote a whole bunch of letters to a whole bunch of churches. And this, this passage right here is one of the letters that he wrote to the churches. It's 1 Corinthians 3:16, and he says, you realize, don't you, that you are a temple of God and God himself is present in you. I love that. I love that the beginning of that verse says, you realize, don't you? Because when somebody says that to you, when somebody says, you realize, don't you? Normally you don't realize, right? You realize, don't you, that that guy has a girlfriend? You realize, don't you, that you said you were never gonna do that? You realize, don't you, that ha you have all of the stuff that you were praying for last year. And I wanna look at that verse just a little bit more. It says, the next part says that you are a temple of God. That you are a temple of God. And I think the reason it's important for us to take a look at this is because when Paul is referring to us being a temple of God, at the time, the only place that God resided was in a temple. If you wanted to experience the presence of God, you had to physically go to a temple, the Ark of the Covenant, to experience that. And because of Jesus Christ, God, Paul is telling us that now we are a temple, meaning that God can reside in us. So I think the reason that's important is because we don't wanna hijack this verse, right? I think there should be greater motivation for holiness than guilt from a Bible verse. So don't take that and make it think it means something about us on the outside when he's talking about us on the inside. While taking care of our body is important, eating the right foods, all that stuff, it's all very important. But Paul is talking about what's on the inside and Christ is what's on the inside. Now, I was actually thinking about the you realize, don't you moment. And I wanted to share an experience where God said, or I felt like I was having, that you realize, don't you? And the other morning I had that moment. I was sitting, it was about 5 a.m. And it's not because I really love 5 a.m., it's because that's the only time it's quiet in my house. But I woke up at 5 a.m. and I was praying and it was completely quiet. And then I heard the birds start chirping. It was so beautiful. And I'm like, oh, this is so special. The birds are chirping, I love this. And then I had it, that you realize, don't you? See, sometimes I'm afraid to share too much about what I've been through, too much of my past and things that I've done. But then I remembered, you realize, don't you? That your past doesn't define you, it's what reminds you. It what reminds me of where God has pulled me from. So before I used to stay up all night 
and I would party. And then when the birds would chirp, it was like, okay, time to shut her down, party's over. And I'd be like, good God, it's morning. And now I'm like, good morning, God. It's so much different. And that's because of Christ Jesus. Now, the inside job, I don't know where your head goes when I start to think, when I say inside job, maybe you're thinking of like some robbery or a bank heist or something like that, or I don't know, politics. I'm not gonna talk about politics, don't worry. We're gonna keep it about the creator. But what if, what if God really did deposit something on the inside of us? What if he really did that? He talks about in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, that we are made in his image, that we are a reflection of God. And I don't know about you, but that makes me a little bit uncomfortable because I know some of the thoughts that I have. I know some of the things that I've done. And you may be thinking, how could God ever use someone like this? And I'm gonna show you today how he can, because we know he can. And we all have maybe fallen short but it's Jesus who's the one that can change us and give us a new identity and do the inside job that we so desperately need. I wanna look at another verse that Paul wrote. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. The old is gone and the new is here. I feel like God's trying to reveal something about our identity. Raise your hand if you've ever lost your identity. Okay, I don't mean like serious. I mean like your driver's license or your passport. Raise your hand. Have you ever lost your identity? Okay, all right. Keep your hand up if that was like a really fun experience for you. I didn't think so. Yeah, when you lose your driver's license, it's awful, or your passport, it can be such a pain. I actually have a cousin, Brian who went through a pretty awesome experience. Um, he lived to tell the tale though. So spoiler alert, he lived to tell the tale. So he went to Thailand with some of his friends. And when he went to Thailand, he went to a hostel to stay out. Now, most of the friends that he was with were actually not from the States. They were all from Germany or Australia. So he's there and the hostel that he's staying at, the people are like, don't take all your really expensive stuff with you. Make sure you leave your passport in the hostel in case you get mugged while you're out. And he's like, oh, thanks bro, really appreciate it. And so then he goes out, has a great time and comes back and everything's gone. He had nothing, just the clothes on his back and the little bit of money and I think he had like a credit card in his wallet. And that was it. That's all he had. So then he goes and he's like, I don't know what else to do. So he went to the U.S. Embassy. I mean, who else is going to help you at this point? So he goes to the U.S. Embassy and he tells them what happened. So they are able to issue him an emergency passport. So they give him the emergency passport, but they tell him, they're like, you have got to get out of this country as fast as possible. You need to get on the next plane because immigration catches you or finds you. They're not going to know how long you've been here and you might get arrested. So he's like, all right, cool. He takes like almost his entire savings and spends it on a plane ticket to get out. And so he gets to the airport and he's about to get on the plane and he gets stopped by immigration. They take him into a back room. Now remember, he's in Thailand. I don't know what language they speak in Thailand, but he did not speak it, okay? So they take him to a back room and in like broken English, they're like interrogating him, asking him how long has he been there? What is he doing there? And he's like, I, I just need to go home. I have to get on this flight. I have no more money. He didn't have enough money to be able to like travel back to where he was. But the guy said, if you give me $300 cash, I'll let you go. 
if you give me $300 cash, I'll let you go. So he's like, fine. So he gives him the money. He literally spent almost all of his savings, everything that he had just to get out of the country. So the question for you today is, are you standing around trying to prove who you are to a bunch of people that don't care? Are you standing around waiting to try to prove something to people that only want something back from you? So it's an inside job. It starts from within. And I think sometimes we get lost in that, getting caught in trying to wait for somebody else to tell us who we are. Now, if you're vegan, you're probably familiar with tofu. And if you're not, I'm gonna tell you what it is. It's a curd made from soybeans. Okay, it's, it's way more delicious than it sounds, I promise. But it's a curd made from soybeans. And the cool thing about tofu is you can put it around, you, whatever flavor you put it in, it will take on that flavor, okay? So you can take tofu, you can put it in a stir fry and it can substitute the meat. You can fry it with like powdered sugar and make a dessert. You can even take tofu and bread it and make chick un nuggets. See what I did there? Chick un nuggets. And you can make desserts with it. I actually make an amazing sour cream, put it in the blender, make some, make some spices in there, make an amazing sour cream. But what happens is this tofu takes on whatever is around it. So let me ask it this way Are you folding to whatever's around you? Are you taking the flavor of whatever's around you? Are you being influenced by the stuff around you? Is it your coworkers? Is it your friends? The people that you associate with? Are you folding and becoming what they are? Or are you somebody who is walking into the place and showing everyone who you are? See, we have to understand who we are so we know who we are not. We have to understand who we are so we know who we aren't. Now, Paul was not tofu. Paul was definitely not tofu. His name actually started out as Saul. And the Lord changed his name to Paul when he changed his identity. Now, Saul or Paul was actually a Christian killer. That's what he did. That was his job. He went around killing Christians. And he was go in Acts 9, he was traveling to Damascus. And it literally says in the Bible, he was breathing out murderous threats. He had a hit list of people that he was planning on killing that were Christians. And on his walk, he had two people with him. And on this walk, he is blinded by this light, like literally blinded, could not see anymore. And when the light blinded him, he heard a voice and it said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he was like, who is this? And the voice said, it's Jesus. And Jesus told him to go to Damascus and he was gonna give him further instructions there. And I think one part of this story that we can't skip past is the people that Paul was with. He had two people traveling right next to him, but there's no stories about them. Nothing, no life-changing things that happened with them. We know that they were going to Damascus with Paul to kill Christians. And sometimes you have this experience in life, this moment where God changes everything, but the people around you miss it. And they miss it because that moment was meant for you. Because God knows you more than anyone else and he knows you and he wants to tailor everything and reveal himself to you in your own special way. He has it just for you. Now when Paul got to Damascus, he met there a man named Ananias. 
And Jesus had already revealed to Ananias that he was going to be the one that would heal Saul or Paul. And I think what's crazy about Ananias, if we just pause over here for him for a second, Ananias was told and revealed that he was going to be the one that healed Saul. Okay, he was gonna be the one that healed Saul. Ananias knew who Saul was, and he was the Christian killer. And I'm sure, and it doesn't say, it doesn't tell us in the Bible what happens, but I'm sure when Ananias was revealed this, he was like, no, no way. There's no way that Ananias was like, yep, sure, yep, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll go pray over the Christian killer. But I can only imagine the faith that it took for him to step out and go to Saul to heal them, but he did. And he went to Saul and he put his hands on his eyes and he healed him. It said scales fell off of his eyes and Paul was healed. And he immediately, wait, no, not immediately. He, it, said, it literally says in the Bible, he got a snack first. He got a snack. And then he regained his strength and then he immediately went out and started preaching the good news. See, God used somebody so far from where you would think somebody would need to be to be used. He literally used a Christian killer to preach the good news. And what I love about this is we have to know who we are in Christ so that we can do all things through Christ because it was Christ that allowed him to step into those places that he could step into. Now, Jody, can I see that uh, real quick? I have one of these guys right here. If you're not a vegan, you might not recognize this. <laughs> that was a message for somebody today. But this is a red pepper. All right, we're gonna look inside. What's inside there? Seeds. Those are seeds. Now I can take one of these seeds and I can just set it down and do nothing with it and nothing will happen. Or I can take one of these seeds and I can be intentional and I can plant it in soil and the plant will grow up tall and strong and it will bear fruit. And I believe that that's what Paul did. So you have to understand all the, bi all the books that he wrote in the Bible, most of them he wrote when he was enslaved or in prison. And in Rome, when you're enslaved or in prison, you're literally shackled to a guard. So Paul is there preaching the good news, writing these books to the Bible. Talk about a captive audience. Talk about an inside job where he's using the guards to share the good news. And we have to remember that we can't let what's on the outside change us. Now, you know this red bell pepper, I looked up about peppers and I found something amazing. Did you know that a stronger pepper planted next to another pepper will change these, the weaker pepper? So if I plant a jalapeno next to a red pepper, the red pepper will eventually turn into a jalapeno plant. Yes. So is what's happening around you changing you or are you changing your environment? Now, before we go, I wanna give you three quick ways that we can reveal this understanding of in Christ, because Paul said it over 216 times in the books that he wrote, he kept saying in Christ, in Christ, this oneness with Christ. And the first thing that we can do is we can show initiative. We can do this because God did it first. It says in 1 John that we love him because he first loved us. 
and then we get a chance to respond. We can't go anywhere if we don't start somewhere. And maybe that starting somewhere is today when you get a chance to raise your hand or today if you join a small group or sign up to help with Easter. Today is your chance to start. And number two is intention plus action. We've got to put some action on our intentions. God intentionally put us in every situation we're in, created us the way he did intentionally. Think about Paul. He was this man with this zeal and this passion to kill Christians. And God took that, changed his identity and used that same zeal and passion to share the good news all over the world. And so Paul was able to write books to churches and change lives and become one of the most influential people in the Bible. See, if we don't find ourselves in Christ, we're gonna find ourselves in something. And what something do you find yourself into today? Is it insecurity? Do you feel incomplete, insecure, incompetent, inferior? Because in Christ, you won't feel any of those things because we are secure. Let me ask it to you this way, are you tofu? I don't want you guys to look at tofu different. I want you to look at it different every time you see it from here on out. And the third thing, which is my favorite to share today is in spite of. God loves us in spite of our past, in spite of anything that we've been through. The old is gone, the new is here. Jesus didn't die on a cross so we could be standing in a corner, cowering down, feeling anxious and insecure. He died so that we can step into Christ, so that we can be one with him and understand what God has called us to do in spite of. And then he gives us a chance to respond in spite of in spite of our fear, in spite of sweaty palms, in spite of what the people around us are saying, in spite of. Because God loves us in spite of our situations so that we can light of, love him in spite of our circumstances. Let me say it this way, he loves us in spite of our sins so that we can love him in spite of our circumstances. Our sins don't define us. Our past doesn't define us. The people we're around don't define us. Your job doesn't define us. Your family doesn't define us. Self-identity needs to be God-centered and not self-centered. If it's self-centered, you're gonna love yourself one day and feel on top of the world, and then the next day, you're gonna be down in the pit. But if it's God-centered, you are secure. You know who you are. See, our confidence shouldn't be in how we feel, it should be in what we know. Pastor JJ, do you have a microphone? Can you guys throw a picture up there real quick for me? Yeah. All right. I have to pick on you real quick, Pastor JJ. Yeah. Uh, that's you in the yellow hat, right? That is not me. No, that's you in the yellow hat. No, that guy's way better looking. Pastor JJ, that, that's you in the yellow hat. It's not me. I wish I had that complexion. No, seriously. Wouldn't it be great if we were that confident in Christ? If we knew who we are, let me tell you something, God wants you to be that confident. And everywhere he says for us to be that confident is here. All the things that we are, are in here. You are more than a conqueror. You are above and not beneath. You are redeemed. You are forgiven. And he tells us what we're not. He 
says you do not have a spirit of fear. You are not lowly. You are not less than. You are not a loser. You're not damaged goods. I've called you into something bigger. I've called you. You are my child and you are chosen. And there's nothing that you can do that will separate you from my love. I don't know how you walked into this place today. I don't know if this is the first time you heard about Christ, but let me tell you, I wanna give you the opportunity to step into something so big, to step into a confidence that can happen where no fire can burn you, no situation can tear you down. On the count of three, I wanna give you that opportunity. And maybe if you've come into this place feeling your ins, your insecurity, your incompetent, your incomplete, I want to give you the chance to raise your hand today and say, God, I know who I am, and I know who I am in Christ. So on the count of three, one, I want you to be intentional, but I want you to put action to it today. Two, do it in spite of your fear, in spite of your feeling, and do it because you know who you are. Three, all over this place, let's raise our hand. Raise your hand if you want to make a decision today. I see your hand. I see your hand. Lord God, we thank you for these hands raised today. Everybody, you can go ahead and put your hands down. Let's pray this prayer together. Worship team, pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for saying who we are, for loving us for who we are. We ask for you to come into our lives. We thank you for saving us. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option. Or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.